people are willing to give you information in a rate equivalent to the trust that you have developed with them. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guide, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, Leo, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 103 of the McMethod Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover how to get more customers with less effort by using automated email marketing machines. Today, I'll be talking to Mitch Lapidus about 2015 trends in email marketing. Now, you might be wondering who Mitch is. Basically, I wanted to go and get some some enterprise email marketing guys, guys with agencies that work with uh, with bigger clients. So instead of having a freelancer or a consultant or a, a big name copywriter like John Carlton or Perry Marshall say, I wanted to get some people who are working with, with corporates, big Fortune 500 companies to find out how they do email marketing because it's it's all very valid and, and this is you know where millions and millions of dollars get invested in the software and in the creation of these campaigns. So I wanted to get Mitch on. He, he has a company that works with these kind of clients and find out how he does it, what sort of projects they're doing, what's going on in the industry, how the industry is changing, and uh, got some really interesting insights. That's what today is about. To get the show notes for this episode, go to themcmethod.com slash 103. Now, three things. Number one, reviews. I don't have a review to read out this week, so I'd like you to head over to iTunes, search for The McMethod, leave me a review, and tell me what you think about the show. Be honest, I can take it. Now, uh, the other thing is listening to this podcast, you might be thinking that you need to get something like this set up for yourself, but you don't have the time, you don't have, you know, you can't, you can't join, you know, you can't go and buy a training program and do it yourself. You just, you're flat out, you're a business owner, literally do not have the time. That's where I come in. I work with people like you to take this uh, this sort of stuff off your hands, create the campaign for you so you can uh, you can focus on growing the business and doing what you need to do. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, shoot me an email, john at themcmethod.com. We'll have a quick chat on Skype this week or next to discuss your project. And uh, we'll go from there. Have some fun, get you some customers, get you some more freedom with one of these automated email marketing machines. Yeah. Now, uh, I got one McMaster's inside of the week, and that is speak up, ask for help. Now, what do I mean by that? And this is one of those things where a lot of people try to go it alone, try to do it, you know, do it themselves, do it solo. And uh, while that's admirable, if you really want to get ahead in life, you have to ask for help. You have to ask for feedback, and you have to be open to receiving negative feedback. And, and in all honesty, the best entrepreneurs I know are actually fantastic at taking on negative feedback. They love to get negative feedback because knowing where they suck really helps them and gives them the information they need to take things to the next level. Okay, now. That's why inside McMaster's there's actually a training forum where you can learn, you know, basically you can go in there and post questions and get feedback on your emails and check out the templates and check out the training and ask questions and bounce ideas around. And this is the kind of feedback I'm talking about. You can post in there and I'll reply within a couple of days to let you know if the email sucks, maybe the hook's wrong, maybe the story's you know, a bit off. You're going to hear this kind of stuff. But it's only for people who, who are ready to take that kind of feedback. Okay, that's McMaster's. If you want to learn more about McMaster's, the private training community I have for uh, for people who want to grow their business with email marketing, go to themcmethod.com slash McMaster's and you get all the information there. Now that's that for today. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Mitch Lapidez. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Mitch Lapidus. Now, Mitch is the uh, former chief technology officer from Gartner, which is an American research company far bigger than uh, Forrester. 
So, and uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff, and uh, I'll uh, turn it over to him in a second to give you the full details. He's now heading up Fulcrum Tech, which is a uh, email marketing agency. And uh, what's interesting, and why I got uh, Mitch on the show today, was I wanted to bring on perhaps an alternative perspective. You know, I've spoken to a lot of copywriters, a lot of marketers with, um, you know, a variety of size businesses. What I wanted to do is get someone with an agency that works with, uh, you know, different companies. So instead of working with, you know, an internet marketing person just to set up a sales funnel, we're working at much bigger, at a much higher level. And uh, I wanted to find out what goes on at that level and, and see what uh, what's out there, what opportunities are there, what trends are happening in 2015. And really, I think this is going to be interesting just to get a different perspective because I think this is one of the first times I've spoken to someone like me. So I think this conversation is going to be uh, quite interesting. Mitch, how are you going? Great. Doing great. And thanks so much for having me today, John. Good to have you here, man. So, before we get into some of the, uh, the specific topics we're going to talk about today, can you give the listener a, a quick background on you know, who you are, what your history is, and what you're doing now? Sure, sure. So, uh, John, I've been in the interactive uh, industry for a number of years. I was, uh, I'd say I was one of the first folks who really helped develop it. Uh, back in my publishing, early publishing days, I developed some of the first websites and e-commerce sites out there. Uh, before starting Fulcrum Tech, I was, as you mentioned, uh, Chief Technology Officer at Gartner, where I also led the team to recreate Gartner.com. Uh, which was a, a very huge website of theirs. And following that, I was at Reed Elsevier. Uh, most people don't recognize that name, but uh, they do recognize a lot of their properties, such as Lexus, Nexus and Harcourt and Connors and some of those folks. And I headed up as the executive VP, and I was also on the board at uh, their health sciences division, where I managed uh, four of their divisions, mobile application division, online journals and reference products, as well as uh, uh, online training and education. So it was, uh, it was a great background. It was not only building interactive technologies out for these various companies, but uh, it was also a lot, of, a lot of marketing, strategic marketing and, and, uh, and tactical marketing. And in those days, early days, you had to not only figure out what to do, but you had to actually get it done. So you had to learn a lot of the technology along the way, which, of course, I've brought into Fulcrum Tech when I founded it uh, just, just 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mentioned that back then when the, the whole industry was getting going, that, I mean, there wasn't these websites and companies out there that, because you can get software these days for every little function that you need in an online, any business that runs online, whether it's collecting emails or setting up the campaigns. Whereas back then, I imagine that the technology was quite primitive and you might have had to put together the things yourselves. Oh my gosh, yes. If we had the tools that we had today back then, it would have been it would have been amazing. I mean, we were we were building the first shopping carts and the first uh, reporting tools directly off the website and uh, and marrying trying to marry some kinds of web analytics from uh, from from log files and so forth trying to understand how people are getting there and and tracking through the conversions and you know in the early days you just didn't have those kinds of tools like you do today and everything was everything was built from scratch you had you had no choice but to to do it that way yeah yeah Interesting. Okay, so before we, uh, another thing I'm interested in talking about is, is tell me a bit about Fulcrum Tech and how it compares to say, like I've spoken to a lot of, uh, you know, copywriters or, uh, you know, small, fairly small business owners. It'd be interesting to find out sort of what, what Fulcrum Tech does and what sort of clients you're working with and how it differs to say, suppose a copywriter who's just working with clients to write them emails. Yeah, that's a great question. So early on when I first founded the company, I had to decide whether I wanted this to be a full service agency where we built uh, websites and ultimately social media programs and email and everything else. 
And as I dove deeper into email itself, I learned how many different aspects there were to email and to doing it right. And it was a great marrying of publishing to marketing. And uh, really what you're doing in the email space is building relationships with content. So when you talk about uh, your copywriters, uh, the content is a critical, critical piece to everything that we do. However, in order to do and develop an email program appropriately and the best that it could be, uh, you have to really understand, as we've learned early on, there are a lot of factors that affect the success of an email marketing program. So when we're talking about an email marketing agency versus a designer or, or a copywriter or someone who may have a part or even do some of those programs themselves, we're, we're typically bringing everything that you need in order to build out an effective email marketing program. And that includes everything from the strategy, so what is, what is the messaging? Uh, what, is the, what are the, the KPIs, the key performance indicators? What is it that we need to do to accomplish those goals? And then we lay out the entire program ultimately as a campaign map and lay out all the different emails that are going to be part of a program. And we're not talking about just a newsletter. If you're in e-commerce, you're talking about a whole, whole variety of emails. It could be uh, shopping cart abandonment, replenishment emails, uh, nurturing campaigns, uh, welcome campaigns, birthday, you know, birthday emails, mobile opt-ins. I mean, there's so many different elements that form the foundation of a strong email program. So that strategic piece is a, is a big part of what we do. And then once you figure out the strategy, then we have experts who build out that messaging into the co right copy, into the design, and then we have to code it. And then these days, everything has to be coded in a, in a mobile responsive way. So now you're getting into the technology area of what we do. And then a lot of companies need help getting onto the right email service provider platform. And we'll help select those and get them implemented and get the right campaign set up uh, within those tools. And then once you do all that, then you have to come back around and start to optimize everything and make it better and better and better. Hmm. So then we get into heavy analytics and statistics and uh, modeling and predictive analytics and all of that good stuff. So you, you reach f much further than just a single or even a, a two-person show you know, in terms of contributors into a full set of folks where you know, it takes a team to, to do email marketing right uh, when you get, you know, when you get, uh, when you get to the larger types of programs that really need to scale. Hmm. Like, so it's sort of like what you're doing is what it's like that full service, like a full service email marketing agency. So it might not be everything, but when it comes to email, yeah. it's everything from the very beginning with the strategy all the way to the end, which never really ends, which is that testing and tweaking phase. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then give me an example of like what sort of companies are you? Because I, you know, I get the I get the picture that this isn't happening for for you know you know you know John Smith who's just started a you know a, a brand new internet company, uh, you know, with a domain. You know, he's basically a really really small business. It sounds like it's not that guy. It's more likely going to be we're talking bigger companies that are using uh, bigger programs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and we have and we still do work with some of the smaller folks. You know, the best companies are the ones who really want to who really want to grow and are invested in the growth. And the kinds of companies we work with are e-commerce companies, uh, professional services companies, uh, education is a big market for us, uh, medical and healthcare, given a lot of my medical publishing background, it's kind of an area where we've uh, gravitated on early on. Uh, publishing, 
Uh, Boston Globe is a client. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts is a client. Uh, we've worked with automobile dealers. You were telling me before that you had some folks who you work with in the automobile space. So, you know, it's it, it's really across the board. You know, the concepts are are similar across for everybody. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of building out the right messaging for each of those different audiences and uh, building out the right program. But, uh, I mean, it's email marketing works across all of these industries, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like to come back to when I'm you know, talking to people on this, uh, on this show is uh, marketing is a funny thing or even just you know, business even. But it's you know, a lot of marketing, for example, because that's what you know, we're doing with email is just creating that relationship and cultivating it. And then along the way, you're, you know, you're making offers, which is you know, generating the sales and generating the growth. But ultimately, it comes back to those, you know, that fundamental idea of, well, you've got to build a good relationship and you've got to communicate with people. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got here that with, uh, you know, let's talk about the 2015 trends in email marketing that, you know, what sort of stuff are you seeing going on right now and in the coming year and the coming years? And how is the industry changing or is it going to be the same as it's always been? Great question. You know, we, you know, my colleagues and I, we talk about the various trends. And, you know, on one hand, we see things like uh, increased personalization of, of emails. And, you know, we've been talking about one to one marketing for, you know, 10 years uh, with email. So, it's, but it's interesting, in 2015, we see that really coming into its own because the technologies are now catching up to the point where you can actually build out one-to-one emails uh, much more readily mm. with better and better tools that are out there. So you know, the big, a big trend is to be able to leverage the behavioral aspects of your website in terms of tying your, your web analytics to your email analytics so you can start to send materials and send emails to people who let's say visit a certain section of your site or there are there are now a growing number of email service providers who are automatically building profiles of visitors to their websites from email and then you can turn around and use that information right back into your email to say, wow, this person reads a lot of articles about Google. They must be interested in Google. So if we're a news site, maybe we should serve up more articles about Google whenever they come up. Mm-hmm. Now you can get that specific. And you know, relevance is is one of the foundations of email. And you know, Seth Godin speaks in his Permission Marketing book, which is a great book if you haven't read it. It's a quick read, and uh, you know, he talks about. Uh, you know, people need to expect email for it to be successful, and it needs to be personalized and relevant. Mm-hmm. So that's really that's really one of the big trends today is that content is able to be much more relevant today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, and another big one is uh, you know real time content. You know, having content pop up just the right content. If you happen to be in geo proximity of a, of a store that you happen to be on their list. Uh, you know, and uh, there are tools like Movable Inc. and uh, Power Inbox and Live Clicker and you know, those types of tools out there that are, are really great at helping to deliver kind of that real-time content, which is, uh, which is pretty cool stuff. Mm, I like that. So, like, if I'm uh, if I'm you know in a database for a store that's in uh, New Jersey, for example, to pick a U.S. Uh, place, and uh, and I'm driving through the area, they might trigger an email that goes to me and says, "Hey, you've got uh, you know here's a deal coming to our store, and you know we'll sell you something." Yeah. Well, even better is if you if you get their mobile number and you can actually do some mobile marketing, then you can send them a text message, mm. 
uh, and then you can have them uh, respond to it and perhaps t uh, trigger an email that goes out with a coupon or something that's hot in the store today. You know, if it's a perishable, if it's a you know, if it's a clothing store or or whatever. Mm. But it's uh, you know, it's all about trying to speak to people in the context that they want to be spoken to and at the right time and place. Mm. And that's just becoming more and more feasible today as uh, as these technologies really really come into their own. Right, right. I mean, one thing that I find, this, this idea of one-to-one -one email marketing sounds fascinating because some people have asked me, like, uh, people come to me and say, well, how many, how many segments should I have in my audience? Or how many, you know, like, you know, when I'm splitting up that audience or splitting up, a, say, a sales funnel that I'm creating, how many, different, like, how many different sales funnels do I need? Do I need one for each audience? Can I just use one for the whole thing? Like, it's, uh, yeah, people are really challenged by this. And one thing that I've often said is that in an ideal world, you'd have one sales funnel or one sales process for every individual person. But the only reason we don't do that is because that's, it's up until now, it sounds like, that's been completely overwhelming in terms of the amount of resources that you have to spend to create to create another sales process or sales funnel for every single individual in the you know in the potential audience so it sounds like with this one-to-one -one email marketing yep. like you're talking about and I've heard other people doing this with um, guys like Ryan Levesque who, who when someone signs joins the email list for example joins the database they're gonna go through a survey so the first thing they get asked a question they put their email address in and then on the next page of that little form there's another question another question and so you could have as many questions as you want and uh, each question then gets dropped into a hidden field in the email software and then when the emails go out later on, they can drop in those variables throughout the email. So it starts to create much more of that, what you're talking about, one-to-one -one email marketing. Yeah, well, you know, what you just raised is actually something that I would like to emphasize because it goes beyond, that's just a, a great best practice. So, you know, you talk about collecting that kind of information right after someone signs up for an email. As you probably know, uh, one of the highest open rates for emails is that welcome email. So your best chance right after someone signs up for your newsletter or your promotional campaigns or whatever it might be is that welcome email. So they open it up and they're already engaged. They're already excited about the fact that they just signed up for something that, you know, that, that you just now are sending them and they're going to respond. So the chances that they're going to go fill out that survey are the best from that welcome campaign. So you know, it's amazing how many people still don't send out a welcome email or even a welcome campaign. But when you throw in a survey to collect really relevant information about your business, don't ask for irrelevant stuff because if you're not using it, then you're just going to annoy, uh, annoy your subscribers ultimately. But, you know, yeah, then you can use, turn around and start using that. And, you know, as I, always, as I always say, people are willing to give you information in a rate equivalent to the trust that you have developed with them. So the more trust that you build with them, the more information they're going to give you. So ask them for a few really key pieces of information at the beginning, which you can then use for that one-to-one -one marketing. But then over, but don't let that be the last time you ask for them. If you give them a little more information about something else, or you ask them about their opinion on something, you know, or if you give them some data or some information that they value, and then ask them another question about what they value, then you know it starts to become a conversation, and you're building out their personal profile as you are sharing and building trust and giving them value along the way. Yeah, I like. And that. imagine what ha yeah, and imagine what happens when you've built out you know extreme trust with them. Then they're willing to pay you potentially for whatever it is you might be selling.
Yeah. But you've got to build the trust first. Yeah. I like this too of like treating it as an ongoing process instead of something you just do in this welcome email and then you know forget about it and never even think about it again. That this the trust building process and also the data gathering process should be, you know, an, an ongoing organic thing that never really ends for as long as you're in business because everything's always going to be changing and you're going to be, be basically be staying up to date with what's going on in your industry and your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's a great way to stay engaged with your audience, you know, if you if you see that people are falling off and not opening the emails, then, you know, try to look back maybe at what they did click on early on. You know, what what was it about them that got them interested in your program to begin with? And then maybe go back to them with a, a couple, three question survey to see if they can, you know, you can re-engage them with a little information and give them some value in response to that too. Hmm. So yeah, it's really cool. Okay. Do you so, how about what about replies? Because I've had uh, I've spoken to a few people and they've mentioned that when you can get say a couple of you know someone to reply to the specific number I've heard is if you can get someone to reply to two emails. So let's say the welcome email and then another follow up email that says did you get my email. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you get them to reply twice, you're you're gonna get like a green pass into the inbox. Yeah. So that is a fantastic question and or comment. Uh, I was just at a just at a conference last week where. I uh, was listening to a panel of uh, the folks who manage the the inboxes, in effect, on the servers of AOL and Comcast and Microsoft and, and Google. And one of one of you know there there are multiple factors that affect someone you know getting in you know in terms of you getting into their inbox. All right, it's not just reply though. I mean that that definitely helps, and it's very clear that physically replying to an email or getting a reply to an email is a big positive check mark in the you know in that positive side of the of the ledger so to speak uh, but there are many other factors also so that's not the only thing that's going to drive uh, you being able to get into the inbox for those folks and to stay in the inbox you know if you get someone to reply to two emails and then you inundate them with email for the next 5 weeks and they mark you as spam a couple times you're done mm. yeah uh, or you know, or if they start if they start deleting your emails without opening, another big a big negative mark on the negative side of the ledger. So you know, deliverability uh, is something that you have to manage in an ongoing way. And we we could talk for a whole half hour just about deliverability as well. But uh, it's you know, the reply is a is a really is a really important metric that a lot of people actually do not realize that it's uh, it's not so much about the clicks, but it's about the replies and the opens. Mm. And even too, I like, you know, when I think about that, part of it's just about getting in the inbox, but the other part of it is that someone who's replying to the email, they're just going to be more engaged. So they're going to be, like if they've taken the time to hit reply and type out some sort of response to you, they're one of the hottest, to me, I think, I think they're one of the hottest leads on that that list. Totally. Totally. So how about, yeah. uh, you mentioned before we started talking about email ROI, that it was something you were really passionate about. So talk to me about that and what, you know why it's so important and how you get it. Mm-hmm. So you know ROI, return on investment, of course, is what that stands for. In many agencies and a lot of people who I've spoken to email about over the years, they say, well, how much is a, an email campaign going to cost me? And we talk about all the things that go into a campaign like we just did a few minutes ago. And they go, wow, that sounds like a lot of money. I don't know. I don't think I have the money to do that. And then we start talking about, well, how much does does one of your, you know, do one of your products cost? And they say, well, um, you know, each one costs about twenty five dollars. And how many does someone typically purchase in a typical uh, in a typical uh, shopping cart close for you? 
And they say, well, you know, our average order is about $100. And what's your gross margin? The gross margin is your revenue minus your direct cost of that product. So you say, well, it's about 50%. So for, so for every order I get worth, 50, worth $100, I'm getting 50 bucks. So then we look at the cost of an email program, okay, putting together all those campaigns, the strategy, the messaging, the, the design, the coding, and everything else. And then we divide that 50 into the cost, and suddenly an email program doesn't look so expensive anymore. Mm. And we say, well, how big is your list? And they say, well, my list is about um, 25,000 right now, and how fast is it growing? And we look at, you know, we look at that, and you know, there are all these factors that affect, that affect ultimately what, what you can squeeze out of that list. And at the end of the day, what really matters is what you make as a profit, not what it costs you. Okay? So then once, once you get people to understand the, you know, once people realize the uh, you know, calculation for ROI, then they say, well, how do I really calculate that? And how, how I want to do it over, you know, over a year's period. And and oh, you know, I've been trying to convince my boss for, you know, for a year to invest more in email marketing. You know, it seems to be a really strong channel for us, but I just don't understand how to get the numbers to work to show them that. So you know, early on we created you know these spreadsheets that were really complicated and sophisticated and and so forth, and we figured out all the tricks of of extrapolating the numbers out and so forth. Um, we actually have a tool now on our website. We've converted those spreadsheets to, to a single tool that's, that's for free to your audience. If you just go there and find it at uh, forcomtech.net, there's a, uh, a right in the horizontal nav. It's uh, called ROI Goal Setter right at the top. And you can go in and put in all those factors and you can show yourself what you're actually going to get as a return on your investment for your email program. So you can say, well, John, what if I what if I improve my copy and I improve my therefore I improve my click through rate by a half a percentage point? So I go from let's say two percent to two and a half percent, and I play with my subject lines and I get those up from uh, let's say I get my open rates up to about uh, from twenty percent just to twenty two percent on average, mm. and you start putting some of those numbers in. It does not take long for you to get a twenty thirty percent improvement in your ROI or in your revenue base. And you know that makes it really easy to see the value of email. And uh, it's just phenomenal what you can generate with email with just a little bit of improvement. And that's why ROI is so exciting. Mm, absolutely. And I think right here, one of the interesting things is that's uh, it's also, like what you've done there is it's also one of the best ways to, you know, if you're speaking to a client or speaking to, you know, to a potential client, that's how you've really got to talk about it is even before you mention the price, run them through, all right, so well, let's go through your numbers. Here's your, here's your cost. Here's the average purchase price. Here's, and run them through all those different things. It's all right, so if we improve it by this, basically just do the calculator, do sort of like an ROI calculator on paper with them on the phone or in person and it's alright so we're looking at a potential return of XYZ you know X so is it worth investing Y to make it happen and obviously Y is a, is a percentage of whatever X is and yeah. once you've done those numbers the, the clients who's like oh of course yeah that's so cheap let's do it yeah exactly and that, it's, 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 it's very exciting it's very cool yeah yeah. and uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun I was just, I was just actually working through a, an ROI goal setter model with a, uh, with a prospect just last week and, 
I think that they were sitting at about uh, $125,000 from their email program at the time. And they wanted to know, well, you know, what, what could we do to get it to $250,000? And we showed them with just really, really modest improvements in terms of, you know, if you grow the list a little bit and you improve that open rate and the click-through rate, and that's about it, that we're there. <laughs> and you know it's it's not it's not that hard. You just have to know what your goals are, and then you can figure out. Well, okay, so how am I going to get those there now? Yeah, and especially with with a company that's already getting a certain amount of leads and they've got software set up and they're looking to optimize it, that's often one of the best positions to be in because they've already got the momentum behind. Them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if someone has if someone already has a, a list that's performing and they haven't done a lot of testing and improvement, you know, getting a strong ROI. Is uh, as long as you put the right programs in place, you know, an ROI is going to be typically very feasible. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're almost at the time. So the last thing is uh, let's talk about uh, testing because you mentioned that's yeah. another thing that you're really passionate about. So what's uh, when it comes to testing? What are, you know? Tell me about that. Love it. So with testing, you know, we as I was mentioning to you before, early on, before we got onto the call, you know, a lot of marketers, you know, you'll you'll see folks who are very comfortable with the creative and the graphics. And they're not as comfortable with the numbers and they want to rely on others to, or they feel like they can't do the numbers. But I, I want to encourage everyone to, you know, if you're doing email marketing, that you can do the numbers. There are tools out there to make it really, really easy for you. So, for example, let's say that you want to, let's say that you have a list of uh, 50,000 people or 10,000 or whatever the list size is. And you want to try to improve your open rates and if you're trying to improve your open rates, you're typically going to be playing with your subject line or your from name, uh, your preview pane, those types of things. And you're going to try to identify uh, what is statistically what is a statistically significant change between, let's say, an A/B split test. So that's when you take one group of five thousand and put it up against another group of five thousand, each with a different subject line. And let's say you get a result of, of a 20% open rate from one and a 23% open rate from the other. And you know, the question is, a lot of people say, oh, well, obviously the 23% won. Well, it may have won or it may not have won in some cases, depending upon the size of your sample and, and so forth. And you, you just run it through a quick calculator, and those are, there's a million of them out on, on, on the web if you just type in uh, statistical significance calculator. And then you can see whether that difference in your specific sample is statistically significant. And if it's not, you should run your, you can sure run your test again. And if it is, then you should you know, potentially leverage it and use it for maybe rolling out to the rest of your list tomorrow. You know, those types of things. So, you know, doing those kinds of tests are just tremendous. And we took, um, we took one client for a, a set of holiday campaigns that they did in the previous year versus the next year. What we did is we went in and we looked at their subject lines. We looked at the lists that they were using. So they had a bunch of different lists. We looked at the time of day that those emails went out. We looked at uh, the, the calls to action, the words in terms of the calls to action that we used. And we just tested and tested and tested again. We did several rounds of testing, and by the end of by the end of just that just the holiday season, we drove up an eighty seven percent improvement in sales over the previous year, hmm. and a sixty two percent improvement in open rates. And that's just setting up some really solid, well thought out tests. And you know everybody can can do that with you know with some good strategic thinking and you know obviously you have to have a reasonably sized list to be able to pull that off but uh 
you know, it's all, it's all about testing. You know, there's so much, there's so much science into, in, in email marketing, in addition to some of the art, you know, the, the testing is just really where the rubber hits the road with email. Mm, absolutely. I mean, one thing I tell people is that, uh, you know, like I can sit down with them and work them through, you know, work through their, you know, who their prospect is, what they're, you know, what they're trying to sell, how to connect that, how, you know, what sort of messaging they need to have. But at the end of the day, and this is what a lot of people don't understand about, I think about messaging and, and the copywriting side of it, is that you can research it and write it and get it as, as tight and as, as amazing as possible. But at the end of the day, you're still You'll need to test it to find out, you know, test it with the audience to find out what works. And until you've done that, you don't really know what's working or not. It's so true. And, and John, how many times have you thought that A was going to win over B and then, and then the other one won? I mean, it's like, you know, you just don't know. Every audience is different and the mark, you know, the markets are different and the, you know, the sunspots go one way one day. <laughs> you know, it's just there's, there's so many factors that you just can't expect and can't anticipate. And like you say, you know, do a little testing and, uh, you know, the, the answer becomes very evident. Cool. Absolutely. All right. So right on time. But uh, before we go... If someone, uh, if the listener is more interested in uh, in what you're what you're doing in Fulcrum Tech and maybe even uh, working with you, where is the best place for them to go and do that? Well, they I would point them to our website, which is fulcrumtech.net. That's f-u-l-c-r-u-m-t-e-c-h.net. We have a contact form right on our website. Uh, you can also find us at info at fulcrumtech.net. We'd love to chat with anyone who's excited about email. If you want to bounce something off of me or anyone else, we'd, we'd love to do that. So uh, we're here to help the world of email marketing grow. And if you've got a project, we'd you know, be happy to talk to you about that too. Cool. Fantastic. Well, Mitch, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great. Thanks for having us, John, and uh, best to you. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Don't stay in our hearts on fire.